and welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who. My name is David, and as ever, I am joined by the surprising Matt. Hello there. So, it's been a little while since we last recorded, yep. um, and we're about to get stuck into Series 2, yep. proper this time. Like our first real taste of Tenant, I think, after uh, Christmas Invasion, which mm-hmm. was... You know, you get a bit of Tenant, but it's... It was a strong yeah. start, I mm. felt. Yeah, but there's you've got that kind of like fir- like first taste of a new doctor, maybe a little bit, even you know, crazy. Exactly. Yeah. So I feel like we're we're now finally gonna really get a sense of um, Tenant's Doctor, um, which you know very much looking forward to. Um, and then of course we actually watch the episode, yeah. <laughs> and I don't know what uh, we'll do the usual thing. You know, your scale um, from good episode to bad episode. Um, I wonder if you'll even even come out higher than me on on this one, because uh, I would say straight up bad episode. Right. Well, I'm actually going to go worse. Really? I'm going to say this episode's fucking bullshit. <laughs> it's, it's not a, great, is it? Re- regardless of the plot, the acting, uh-huh. this episode's some real grade A bullshit. Is it just the the sort of offending your scientific principles? Uh, uh, I mean, I mean, we'll get there eventually. Yeah, but... I'll, I'll, I'll specifically raise. One point uh-huh. where I felt I wanted to wash my hands of this, <laughs> and you know, I'd... by this do you mean like the whole project? The whole project. <laughs> like, the only way I can describe it is grade A bullshit. Yeah, absolute grade A bullshit. This will be fun then. Should we yeah. get stuck in? <laughs> I'm gonna set my stall out early on this one. Yeah, I, I mean, it, and you know what? I'm I'm not gonna fight you on it much. It, it's been a week or so since I watched the episode. Yeah, the first time round. And ordinarily, I watch the episode, make some notes, and then I'll give it a second viewing in case yeah. I miss anything. Not a chance was I watching this yep, episode yep. again. I'll be honest, this is one of my least rewatched episodes. I've probably watched it two or three times in total, and always after the first time out of a sense of obligation, mm-hmm. um, including, the, the for, for the purposes of this podcast... Oh, um, I was watching it in about 10 minute increments over lunch breaks. I, that's about all I could hack at a time. Well, I, I did it in one sitting. <laughs> it, it, like, put me in a foul mood for the rest of the day. Like, honestly, I genuinely felt like this episode was a personal attack on me. Wow. I think everything I've raised in terms of my issues with Doctor Who... This episode <laughs> is an absolute piss take. Yeah, it, it has it all, doesn't it? Right, right so the episode so... is New Earth. It is. Series yep. 2, episode 1. Yeah. 15th of April, 2006. What would you have been up to then? A few days after my dad's birthday. Hmm. Second year of uni. Yeah, first year for me. So I was living in a house I was deeply unhappy to live in. Yeah. With people I was deeply unhappy to live with. Yeah. But it was better than watching this episode. I don't know. I, I would have been sat there in my tiny little... Um, Room in halls, you know, about the size of uh, of a first class stamp, on a television that, I mean, I guess if the, the room itself was the size of a stamp, then about a grain of rice, yeah. <laughs> it was a tiny little TV, and I regretted watching yeah. it immediately. Right. Let's, anyway, let's, let's jump in. <laughs> so it starts with the Doctor fiddling with the TARDIS. Yeah. And same Ro- old drill, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And Rose yeah. says goodbye to Jackie and Mickey. Yeah. There's a mention of Cousin Mo from last episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so you know, we get... get you, of all those characters yeah. we talked about last episode, get Cousin more, Mo's the one that's got, you know, yeah. bit more staying fle- power. A bit more fleshed out now. We, I feel like we were starting to get a sense of Mo as a character. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then Rose kisses Mickey. 
Yeah. He and says, it, I love you. Yeah. She just says, bye. Yeah. She's a stone cold bitch. Yeah. I mean, Mickey really needs to just get out of that, doesn't he? Yeah. It's not good. It's not healthy. Anyway. And written on the floor is Bad Wolf. I, think, I thought we'd that, put this to bed. I think that's just left over yeah. from uh, the events of Bad Wolf and Party you know, of the Lights. I thought we'd moved on from that. Yeah. That was the first sign that this episode <laughs> was really going to piss me off. <laughs> and the Doctor says they're going further than they've ever gone before. Mm. By about 23 years. Yeah. But I want to raise that. Because <laughs> they go to the year 5 billion and 23. Uh-huh. Which I assume is 23 years after... The end of the world episode, presumably something but like that. That took place in the year like five Apple dots slash. Maybe they've got a new calendar. Okay, I don't know. And they arrive on New Earth. Yeah, basically after the Earth blew up, we they've found a another planet, terraformed yeah. it, maybe an off-brand Earth. Earth. Yeah, and resettled. Yeah. yeah. It's so not, it's not great, is it? I don't know. It's it seems plausible enough. I mean. Doctor is hardly the first sci-fi program to come up with the idea of uh, humans colonising other worlds. I think it's just the way it's explained isn't as good as any other version. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, well, the, 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 the difficulty is, we're not, like, seeing a colony story, a colonisation yeah. story. Whereas, I mean, a Doctor Who has done that, actually. There is an episode, a Pertwee serial, which I watched not too long ago, Colony in Space, um, which doesn't have a great reputation. I actually quite enjoyed most of it. There's some <laughs> some bits that didn't quite land, but but yeah, and that was quite interesting because it was an actual you know you were seeing these these uh, people struggle to establish on quite a desolate world, uh, but here everything's all up and running straight away. They've got apple grass yeah. for some reason. Yeah. Um, I don't know why. What's wrong with regular grass? It, it never mentions. Yeah. Apple grass, other than, oh, I can smell something. Yeah. Oh, it's apple grass. And yeah. then you would think, oh, maybe later on in the episode that might come back. Nah. No, nah, never nah. mentioned. Um, yeah. Typical bullshit doctor. And we, got, and we got flying cars as yeah. well, which... Of course we do. <sighs> you see, that's one of those sci-fi tropes that, like, okay, I love it in Futurama, right? But I love it because they're kind of taking the piss out of how it's actually not necessarily a great idea yeah the idea of everyone just whizzing around in essentially their own I, miniature I, private jets i could see the sense in it if the world they're used in is some sort of judge dread mega city one yeah. where the towers reach the sky yeah but we see here there's about four buildings <laughs> in, in the city yeah basically a massive hospital and a couple of sheds <laughs> so, yeah totally unnecessary it is but the Doctor and Rose leave the TARDIS and there's yeah. a weird man observing them. Yeah. And they use a certain type of robot we've seen before. They do, don't they? The yeah. little spider robots, as seen in The End of the World. So straight away, before we even get any further in the plot, I've written, he has Lady Cassandra's robots. Yeah. So no prizes for guessing where this is going. Yeah. So did were you already expecting Lady Cassandra back then? Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Rose calls the end of the world their first date. Yeah. Now, we made a big point in the last series of saying that there was no sort of romantic link. Didn't seem that way in um, yeah. series one, really. But, but they sort of are alluding to it a little bit more. I feel like they are, yes. I think. I don't know whether it's because Tennant is sort of younger, perhaps yeah. Yeah. more traditionally handsome. I'd say so. Than Eccleston. Yeah. yeah. You know, who's a bit more rough and ready yeah I think 
So there is a there is a popular fan theory with Doctor Who in that though it's though the the process of regeneration is kind of random that the Doctor does have some kind of subconscious influence on it and and in many ways his next incarnation is some sort of a reaction a, a t- attempt to overcorrect maybe some right. of the flaws of the previous one and I think you could make the argument if you if you believe that theory that maybe this Doctor is trying to compensate for the fact that he's been gallivanting around with this young girl that maybe he has gotten a little bit smitten with, mm-hmm. but really should know better. There is a heck of an age gap. Yeah. Um, but but that maybe he's trying to compensate by be, uh, coming across as a bit younger, a bit more swashbuckling, a bit more of a... A, 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 a Hollywood leading man type yeah. of a... <laughs> a traditional a hero. Yes, rather than yeah. A, so... From what we can see so far, early days, yeah, but it seems like maybe that's had the desired effect with Rose. Um, So, yeah, Um, tricky. Through the robot, a voice is heard that recognises Rose. Uh Uh-huh. It's Lady Cassandra's voice. It sure is, isn't it? She's seen off screen, so we don't know at this point it's Lady Cassandra, despite the overwhelming evidence. Yeah. And a message on his psychic paper had summoned the Doctor here, because they're at New New York. And so the old New York's blown up. They could just call it New York. But they wanted to call it New New York because you know, why wouldn't you? Okay. So <laughs> from there, it cuts back to sort of Lady Cassandra being revealed. Yes. And she wants revenge on Rose, and this weird man is sort of helping her. Yeah. It's. Uh, and I mean, despite being blown to bits, she's uh-huh. somehow still here. I mean, they do address that later in the episode. Do they? I mean, they I... sort of just go. <laughs> Yeah, she blew up, but she's still here. I don't know. They pretty much use it as an excuse to make an off-colour joke. Yeah. um... The only way that could be worse is if they did some sleight of hand on screen whilst explaining. (laughs) You know, like, look at this hand whilst this hand's doing the other thing. So the message on the psychic paper that summoned the Doctor takes them to the aforementioned hospital. Yeah. Two words. Cat people. Yes, cat people. So this is the first uh, first look at cat people in uh, Doctor Who, I think. Uh, Isn't it? They weren't in uh, End of the World, were they? Nope. No. We had tree people, yeah. but uh, now we've got cat people. Yeah. No explanation why they're cat people. They don't need to be cat people. But they sure are. I think the explanation is kind of there in the end of the world, in that it's it's an extension of this idea of humans intermingling with other species. Did a forming... fuck a cat? Yeah. <laughs> wow. We, I mean, pr- presumably that is what's happened at some point. So we're just going to move on from that. I think we, ha- I think we should. I don't. Think there's much. Else. What, what do you want? Me, what do you want from me? What can I say? It's cat people. I mean, it's dumb. I hate this episode. The, the ethical and moral implications of a man fucking a cat, and he must have fucked it more than once because it creates a whole species. <laughs> You know, either I that mean, or there's a settlement. Sh- it's not, might it's probably, just be one man exactly. fucking one cat. I think it's lots of men and lots of women fucking lots of cats to create a wide enough gene pool to sustain this <laughs> like, new subspecies. This is on at seven o'clock on a weekend. This is aimed at young children. Uh, right. right. <laughs> so, tip that off the bullshit list. Yeah. Right, the doctor goes up in a lift and at yep. this point a weird man... Well, the weird man we've yeah. seen so far. He's oh, sort of pasty. He's got like sort of scrawling. They look like they might be tattoos. Yeah, yeah, he's sort of your traditional like Hugo from Frankenstein. Yeah, type yeah. Sidekick. Yeah, and he overrides the control which separates Rose from the Doctor. Yeah, 
She gets in a second lift, which yeah. moves in a different direction. There's some sort of bullshit about disinfectant, isn't there? Like, like yeah. sprayed with. I'm glad with you mentioned that because I I didn't put that in my yeah. initial notes because I just thought, oh, this is a joke that doesn't land. But obviously, it does come back. It later. does come back later. Yeah, and when it still doesn't land. <laughs> <laughs> When, when summoned forward by this weird man, yeah. Rose grabs a metal bar. Yeah. And then we cut back to the doctor, who's looking for the patient that summoned him. Mm-hmm. It's the face of Bo. It sure is. At this point, I was quite happy. I've sort of alluded to the fact I quite like the face of Bo. He's yeah. one of my favourites so yeah. far. Yeah. He was pregnant the last time we heard of him. Yeah. That's not mentioned here. Well, that was a long time ago. Uh, yeah, but... Yeah. He's, he's, Not for the doctor. The kids have moved up, uh, um, grown up, moved out. Yeah. You know, they're off doing their own face Forgot, of both things. About old face of bow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and he's dying bow. of old age. Oh, poor old face of bow. He's so old. Yeah, so it never, so so big, so facey. I don't think across the two episodes it tells yeah. us how old he is, other than he's very old. He's just fucking ancient, isn't he's he? He's very old. Yeah. I always feel like he's an analogue to maybe something like the Celestials in uh, Marvel Comics or something yes. like that. He's just yeah. this like ancient, unknowable entity almost. Yeah. Yeah. But he's just in a normal hospital yeah. with like this fat man. Yeah. Who his disease just seems to be he's a fat man. He's got he's turning to stone. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Like um have you seen Look Around You? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> In much the same way that um, that character in series two of Look Around You yeah. um, has this uh, weird turning to stone <laughs> disease. So it cuts back to Rose, <laughs> who's watching like an old ball. or so- Not a ball in like <laughs> yeah. the spherical sense, but <laughs> yeah. in like the social gathering dance type yes. set. Yeah, it's on it. like an old flickering film camera, like which presumably would be... Hundreds of thousands of I mean, yeah. no millions of years old. Yeah. Surely we moved on from the, that technology. The setting is not entirely dissimilar to when we watched The Empty Child and the Doctor sort of stumbles into that bar. Yeah, you know it. It just seems like a sort of higher class version of that yeah. setting. Yeah, and on the projection screen is Zoe Wanamaker. Who yeah, obviously we've talked about voices, Lady Cassandra. Yeah. We find out that the weird man is called Chip. Yeah. Weird name for a weird man. <laughs> yeah, it, it seems fair enough. I mean, would you prefer he had a normal name? I'd prefer he, he was called Trev. Barry. <laughs> yeah. And it turns out, despite being blown into a thousand bits, yeah. Lady Cassandra's brain survived. In this episode, the brain is sort of exterior to the stretched out skin. Yes. That was true in, in End of the World. Was it? Well. Yeah. I, I couldn't remember her, her if it brain, was ever seen. It, was, it, was, it sat in a little jar underneath yeah. her, her right. skin flap. Yeah. I couldn't be bothered to go back and watch that because yeah. I was so yeah. and incandescent I'm, I am with rage. 90% sure that, that that's Good. the case. And it turns out so. that her eyes were like salvaged from the bin. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's... <laughs> I mean, that's intentionally meant to be sort of weird and gross and... Uh, but yeah. we find out that the original Cassandra that yes. we saw last season was skin from the front of her body. Yeah. This is the skin from the back. And Rose cracks a joke that yeah. she's talking out her ass. Budum tish. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't land. Nope. <laughs> Bit of a theme of this episode, isn't yeah. it? Doesn't land. Okay. But one sort of point of topic I want to focus on yeah. is 
the last time we saw Lady Cassandra, Rose was almost deeply offended by your existence. Yeah. But now she seems okay with the idea that mankind evolves and moves on. So in the first one, you know, mm. she's re- she's almost scared of Lady Cassandra because yeah. of what she's become. But here, she's more accepting. Yeah, I mean, she's seen weirder stuff at this point, mm. and yeah, she's grown. Definitely so. grown. Like she's so much more at ease and like jokey almost with the Doctor. Like I mean, flashing back to like that first scene when they land on Earth, there's you know, it's they're, they're bantering away. And as we can say, almost potentially flirting even. You know, mm. there is just... There is a carefree breeziness to their approach to this. And even though she's now been sort of separated from the Doctor and stuck in a in a basement with a former enemy that seems to be swearing vengeance on her, she doesn't seem overly scared, no, does she? she seems she's pretty just, calm. Yeah. Lady Cassandra tells Rose, the sisters, who are the cat people... Yeah, they're like cat nun nurse... Are they all female? I don't think we see a male cat person. No, I don't think we do. But I think, again, that's because they're like nuns. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, She says that the sisters are hiding something and the cats have secrets. Yeah. It's not like Doctor Who to, you know, tease a secret that's never revealed. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, to be fair, you've you've met cats in real life, right? Yes. There was one outside your house today when I yes. picked you up, like yeah. a little ginger one. Yeah. Oh, I forget. Is it, is it Tommy, I think he's called? I'm not sure. I watched yeah. him for a little bit. He's a nice cat. Not in a sexualized way. <laughs> yeah, but don't you think, when you watch a cat, that they are hiding secrets? Yeah. They, they're a cagey beast, the cat. Mm. They play their cards, keep their cards close to their chest. There's an arrogance that comes with cats. Yeah. Yeah. Like them. I'm definitely a dog person. I like both. But that'll come on to next episode, when we do Tooth and Claw. <laughs> little teaser for next week yeah. folks yeah. right so Rose becomes held in a force field and yes. we see what's called a psychograft mm. that puts Cassandra's consciousness into Rose's body yeah. doesn't put Rose's into Cassandra just sort of compartment yeah just within squishes her out of way yeah and then we get Billy Piper you know, playing as Lady Cassandra, yeah. basically. And, I don't know, I, your expression tells me that you weren't fully sold on that. It's used as a vehicle for a couple of jokes. Number one yeah. being Billy Piper's awful, posh accent. Yeah. But then Billy Piper playing a posh character, trying not to be posh. So then there's an awful uh-huh. Cockney accent. Yeah. And then, later in the episode, where we just have... Body swaps. Yeah. Every we'll, five seconds. We'll get we'll get to that, but but none none of the comedy in this episode lands at no. all. I don't think it does either. But that this this episode is basically bereft of things for me to praise. But what I will say is, I think that both B- Billy Piper and David Tennant were in these later scenes. I I think they they have fun mm. doing it. I don't think the script. Is up to their performances, yeah, but I don't, I don't think their I performances think are inherently bound here. No, no, and I think it's it's kind of fun for them to to stretch those muscles a bit. Um, but yeah, having said that, it's just kind of it's already like we're what fifteen minutes into this episode, and already you're just like, what is this? So what are we doing here? <laughs> this this then leads to the single greatest issue I have with this episode. Okay. This is where I'm going to call bullshit. Yeah. This is where 
I genuinely don't know if I can hack it anymore. <laughs> is where we cut back to the doctor. Yeah. Who's talking to the face of Bo. Yeah. Mysterious old face of Bo. And Beau. the nurse says that before the face of Bo dies, he will impart his last great secret. <sighs> yeah. This is Big Wolf all fucking over again, <laughs> isn't it? I'm going to be watching this for the next three or four fucking months <laughs> trying to work out what the face of Bo's stupid uh. secret is. And it'll end up being something like, oh, keeping secrets is bad. Don't keep secrets. <laughs> it's going to end up being something completely inconsequential. And I'll do all the fucking research to find <laughs> out what it is. Yeah. You know, I have pages and pages of notes trying to solve Bad <laughs> Wolf. Yeah. And now I've got this... It, they even call it just a secret. Yeah. And we're not going to tell you what it is. No. Not in this episode, but who knows? Maybe a couple of episodes from now. Is this the point where no we 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 get a scene towards the end with the face of Bo, don't we? Where we yeah. kind of put wrap things up for for now with him there. So, but yeah. Anyway, we get that little tease there. It is a tease for sure. Okay. Um, so, if you have any suggestions, what the face of Bo's secret could be, time nor space pod at gmail dot com. <laughs> yeah, do right. Or it. I on mean, Twitter at I mean, time nor space pod. That's a bit. That's obviously only if you haven't actually already seen the episodes. Don't spoil it for Matt. Yeah. yeah, I don't want time codes and episodes. No, I just, just want your, humorous your, suggestions. Yeah, your 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 theories as yeah. to what the face of Bo's secret might be. I think his big secret is Doctor Who's fucking shit. <laughs> but obviously, that's not a secret. Uh, right. Okay. Right. So back with it. So we cut back to Cassandra, whose yeah. brain is dying. Yeah. And as she says, Rose is now locked away as a memory. Mm-hmm. And as we mentioned before, I just called him the fat man, but he's uncovered as being the Duke of Manhattan. Yes. Rather than turning to stone, he just makes a miraculous recovery. Yeah. Okay, now this confuses the doctor because he knows the cure isn't discovered at this point in time. I yeah, think yeah, it's just say. like this seems to be like far in advance of where they should be. Okay, and the cats refuse to tell the doctor what is in the cure. Yeah. I mean, which is fair enough. If. if a, absolute stranger walks into your your especially if it's like a research hospital or something yeah. you're not just gonna go divulging all like of your rival like yeah. drug company exactly so you know but then they, the cat people uncover a weird zombie in the basement uh-huh and when it begs for mercy they just incinerate it yeah so these cats aren't all peaches and cream are they no no they got they a nasty side yeah just like actual cats. I mean, uh, say what you like about this episode. I think uh, Russell T. Davis does uh, nail the the, um, the characterization of what a uh, humanoid cat nun would be like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, the sort of thoughts you have at 3am on some <laughs> random Tuesday. Yeah. No, Russell not a human cat nun. <laughs> yes, the difference being, of course, that we wouldn't then write an episode of Doctor Who about it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Rose and the Doctor reunite. Yes. And when I say Rose, it's Lady Cassandra controlling. Yes. Rose. Yeah. And they kiss. Yeah. So that again, full on snog. So that again leads into that point I made earlier, yeah. where the romantic element of the relationship is. Increase. It's certainly being toyed with, yeah. isn't it? Um, although, although it's not Rose yeah. as such, 
we're getting nods to that. Yeah, because obviously, I mean, I guess the the thinking behind it is that Lady Cassandra hasn't really had a chance to do that for a long time. Yes. On account yeah. of being a flap of skin. Um, but then, as as she walks off, you know, the Doctor has his, his moment, like, you know, swish, slicks back his hair and says, yeah, still got it. Which, I mean... He's never really had it before, so I don't know where he's getting that impression yeah. from. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine like the Hartnell Doctor being much of an old romantic. No, he does get accidentally married in one episode, or um, engaged, I should say, to an Aztec lady by making really? her some hot chocolate. Oh <laughs> it's a really good God. episode. It's great in context. Oh my God. God. Anyway. <laughs> right. And they, they deduce that there's no sign of intensive care yeah. in this hospital. They use one of the computer terminals. And for all these people that are arriving in poor health, yes. there's no intensive care unit. No. Okay. Immediately, a door opens to the intensive care unit. Mm-hmm. Even though they don't know where it is, it just just happens. Mm-hmm. And in intensive care, there's loads of like green pods. Yeah, like sort of stasis chambers or yeah, something, maybe. Yeah. yeah. The doctor opens one, and yeah. there's a horrific fetid zombie man. Yeah. And, you know, credit where credit's due to the makeup department, because on a small budget, it must have been hard for them to say, I want you to create a person that looks like they have every disease. They spunked all the budget on cat people. Yeah. And so flying what, cars. So what what they end up with is they make them look a bit sweaty and stick some, like, warts and... It, it did remind me of... and things on them. Have you seen the episode of The Simpsons where uh, Mr. Burns is diagnosed as having every illness? That rings vague bells. And is that the one where they go to Canada? I can't remember, but they they uh, demonstrate it by yeah. having small furry representations of each illness yeah. trying to fit through a door. And it turns <laughs> out there's so many illnesses, no one of them can progress through the door because they're all jammed in it together. So I assume that's the the scenario going on here. Yeah, uh, and basically they're lab rats. Yes, and then we have ethical conversation where the cat lady says it's for the greater good and, and the doctor is really unhappy about this yeah the conversation just goes on for yeah. ages and it ends with the doctor saying that there must be a problem with rose because the rose he knows would care yeah. about these people dying i will say i do think again this is one of the small crumbs in this episode that i think is worth you know, highlighting for actually having some positive thing. I think Tennant's performance where he's really getting irate with the with the cat nuns, I think shows shows a side to the doctor that we've not maybe seen as much yet where he he he's there is a real rage to it and, and he sort of concludes that if you want to take this to a higher authority, there isn't one. Yes. So he is almost you know, he's kind of referring to himself almost as as a god there basically. Um bit full of himself. Yeah, and especially considering in the past we've described him as almost like a time tourist. Yes. Like an observer. Yeah. Here he is fully involving himself yeah. with what could be potentially quite a big moment yeah. in time. If I we mean, can cure illness. In, in much as in all illnesses, yeah. sorry. And, and in much the same way, if you look back at um, the previous episode, uh, the way he took down um, Harriet Jones, you know. Yeah. He is he is a meddler 
He's, he's becoming a meddler. Yeah. yeah. So here, Cassandra knocks the doctor out, yes. puts him in a pod to infect him with a thousand diseases. I don't know enough, but I know he has two hearts. Is yeah. his physiology greatly different from a human? Well, what he could also diseases? regenerate into an entirely new body when he yeah. dies. Um, pretty different, I would say. Mm. I think that so the, the, some of these the idea is may not yeah. impact him in the same way. No, I don't think so necessarily. Like, I mean, basically, the thing with time lords is, you know, exterior they look human, but on the okay. inside, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> so we get at this point Lady Cassandra's second great plot. Uh-huh. Now the good news is it makes a lot more sense. It than certainly the first does. One. It's a lot this is less the only convoluted. Bit I probably enjoyed. <laughs> Basically, she tells the cat people to pay her, or she'll expose them as yeah. using humans for disease testing and what have you. Yeah, it's a straightforward blackmail scheme. Yeah, yeah. Rather than, I'm here at the end of the world. I've insured you all and bought your businesses and, <laughs> and I'm going to hold you hostage something or no, no. Uh, oh, nice. right so when the cats refuse to pay Chip opens all the pods mm-hmm. releases all the patients infected with all the illnesses Yeah, and they're so contagious just touch yeah. can infect you with yeah. their illnesses and essentially at this point we've gone full zombie film yes yeah because one of the zombies Although I said they open all the pods, they just open the ones on that level. Yeah. One of the zombies from that level sacrifices themselves to open all the zombies. Yeah, yeah. And infect one of the cat nurses. Yeah. Cassandra abandons Chip at this point. Uh-huh. I think they become separated. She has the option of saving herself or yeah. helping him fight. She just runs away. Yeah. So he just jumps down a waste pipe. Yeah. The, my, my next note is just running about... I think that summarises pretty much the next 15 minutes of the episode. Yeah, I think I've actually got that later in my notes where I just put, they just run around for what (laughs) seems forever. Yeah. And in amongst all the running about, we have the ever so hilarious scene where all of a sudden Cassandra leaves Rose at the doctor's orders. Yeah, and goes. And it enters the doctor. So then we have... David Tennant pretending to be yeah. Lady Cassandra. Yeah, I think they joke about having male anatomy. Yeah, and, and she makes a note of the fact that he's got two hearts and yeah. you know how weird that feels. And as I say, I think Tennant's having fun with it, right? Yes, and you know, bless him for, for doing making the best he can with what he's been given. Yeah, uh, but I think this is strike two against RTD in wasting the potential of having a new Doctor. Because episode first episode with the new Doctor, he's not in it for seventy five percent of the episode. S- uh, f- first proper establishing episode of the new series with this new Doctor, and you spend half the conclusion with him, you know, with the new actor basically playing as another character and doing body swap bullshit. We're not really getting that opportunity to get to know who the tenth yeah, Doctor is. We need to see because- the Doctor. Being the doctor. Exactly. So it's re- if this episode was coming later on in the series, I think I might resent it slightly less. But it's the fact that this is the opener. This is, this is you know, you're not putting your best foot forward here with this episode, I don't so, think. So, like, in my notes, I've got Cassandra goes back into Rose, 
and then back into the Doctor. Yeah. Then into a zombie. Yeah. Then back into yeah. Rose. And also... All within the space of about three minutes. I know. It's exhausting, isn't it? And also, the other thing that really fucking ticks me off with this episode is... Do you remember when Cassandra first enters Rose and there is this whole technological jiggery-pokery? There's like a sort of... There's an actual device used yeah. to transfer the essence right. of Cassandra. None of that here. No, she's, she's just, just like, like a fucking... Dust go- cloud. Yeah, just, just whooshing about at random. That's not how people work. <laughs> no. Like, I know she was she was like a skin flap lady, but she's still derived from human physiology. Yeah. Are we, are we like that on the inside? She's like a weird ghost. Oh. But oh, in amongst all this running about, and body swapping. <sighs> there is one part of this episode that made me laugh. Okay. And I don't believe it was intentional. <laughs> okay. But there's a shot of one of the cat people who yeah. I think is infected. Yeah. Falling down a lift. <laughs> oh, God, no. And going no. like, whoa. <laughs> oh, like, you Jesus. Know, I, uh, it's... If it was the Pokemon cartoon, <laughs> they'd be shouting, looks like we're blasting off again. <laughs> And it's like Wiley Coyote. The only it's, thing missing was yeah. like a little dust cloud uh, as they hit the floor. And that that effect is it's bad. It's just uh, it's awful. It's just bad. It it's so uh, poor. And I think it's only done to establish that little hero moment later on, where the Doctor goes down the lift shaft well, with the little weenie clamp jobby. Yeah, but but again, that's utterly pointless. But anyway. We're well, probably getting ahead of ourselves. So, but, yeah. well, we're not, actually. That's exactly. the next, the next thing. That yeah. The Doctor basically yeah. grabs every cure for every illness, straps oh, them yeah. to his body. <laughs> every cure for every illness. <laughs> Apparently that's about 12. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, and, they, and, and they're all just like packs in, of brightly yeah. coloured juice. Yeah, just in <laughs> Ziploc bags. So, they're basically like Capra Suns. Yeah, that's <laughs> the best way of putting it. And apparently if you wrap yourself in... I think they come in boxes of ten, so a pack might do. That is a suitable device that will protect protect you jumping down an elevator. Okay, yeah. So and so he's he's and he goes down on this like little weedy thing. And the only reason they they just say like, oh, the lift's broken, yeah. don't they? We we don't know why the lift's broken, how the lift is, do we? Or have no, I just missed that. But when he does get to the bottom, yeah, there's no cat body. So that cat person ah. may have survived the fall. Oh, it's possible. I was Could we see, see a like a mangled, <laughs> like horrific, yeah. smashed up cat body? Yeah, certainly yeah. not. Yeah, so the, 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 the basically it's totally contrived that moment because it's just to give David Tennant like a swashbuckling moment for yes. the episode. Yeah, that's all it's there for, and. As much as I like that they're going down this sort of swashbuckling route with this Doctor, they need to try a bit harder to organically bring it into the episode, I feel like. The only threat with him jumping down an elevator shaft is a threat he then has created. Yes. He doesn't seem to be in any immediate danger because the zombies for now are like held at bay. Well, I mean, the thing is, he wants to get down there to like make his his magic cocktail doesn't he mm. but uh, the, the point i'm making is just the fact that they don't establish why the lift would be broken 
because it was working earlier in the episode. We saw it yeah. working. And now all of a sudden she's like, oh no, this broken. All right, I'd better, <laughs> yeah. I'd better do my big hero thing instead. Yeah. No. Uh, anyway. Know, it's, it's in line with when the TARDIS works yeah. and when it doesn't. When we need it to work, it yeah. works perfectly. Also, when we is, need it not to. Is it to. about this time that that cross lady in the glasses shows up? Yes. Yeah. Who is she? She's What's her deal? Just a very... <laughs> you know, we said the doctor's a meddler. This bitch turns up. <laughs> she just starts, like, angrily chastising everyone. She's not a cat person. No. She's not involved in the doctor and his party of friends. No establishing scenes earlier in the no. episode. She's just like, what are you doing? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> you know, and uh, <laughs> totally not necessary. Yeah. Oh, no. uh, dear. Right, so, so... He's at the bottom of the elevator. Shaft. Yeah. He puts all the cures yeah. for every disease. I've, I've, written down, I've written down the line that he says, I know a bit about medicine myself. Yeah. Do do you, Doctor? Do you because you seem to know about as much as George from George's marvelous medicine. Yeah. But he, he didn't appear to know I suppose he did actually. He did know that his hand was gonna grow back when it was cut off. Yeah. So but he that's... knows about weird he knows about time-lord physiology. Yeah, that's not the same as knowing about medicine. Like, I'm sorry, but mixing all the medicines <laughs> yeah. together in a big vat and I think I'm right in saying, so far, the only time we've seen anybody treated with any sort of medicine in the series so far yeah. is the doctor having a cup of tea. Yeah. I don't think it's RTD's His understanding suit, of medicine has not been a crucial character point so far. Yeah. Of course, using the subtlety of a brick, yeah. he just chucks them all in a big bucket. Yeah. And stirs them up. I, li- I like the George's Marvelous Medicine reference you use yeah. that. That sums it up perfectly. Yeah. My, my, my subsequent note to that is just, I've just written, this is not how anything works. <laughs> yeah. Because I think I'm right in saying where we saw the Duke of Manhattan, yeah. he had the drugs delivered to him intravenously. Yes. They seem to be on some sort of drip. Yes. Here, the doctor basically puts them in a shower. Yeah. And pressure washes all the zombies. <laughs> And that seems to cure them. Not only does it cure them, it basically makes them the cure, so they can. Yep. Where they were contagious by touch. Yep. Then they're now causing like the cure via touch. Yep. I've just put in my notes. All the zombies get sorted. Yeah. Yeah, just by magic. But one thing we haven't talked about yep. is these zombies aren't people who've been abducted to be treated. They're like they're bred. Yeah. I assume through some sort of genetic clone. Yeah, yeah. They're grown, essentially, in test tubes to incubate these diseases so a cure can be found. This has been their whole life up until this point. And the doctor's just like, you better now. Yeah. Smell you later. I'm sorry, they're going to need serious therapy. Yeah. They're never going to be fully right, are they? Imagine the first time they step outside the door and see apple grass. They have no concept of that. Yeah. I think it and is they, mentioned they, when... Because one of them can speak. Yeah. And they call it something like genetic echoes, where they have some primitive imprint oh, of human yeah. understanding. Yeah. But, you know, they're going to see a fucking flying car in a minute. Yeah. Again, it's the thing of, you know, when Doctor Who, you solve the most immediate problem, problem and then just swan off. And it's leave someone else to, to, to deal with all of the difficult stuff. Um, anyway, 
And the Doctor got... never seems to consider that. He's yeah. really ecstatic. He's saved what are essentially like adult-sized toddlers. Yeah. But he he acts almost like he does at the end of the Empty Child, where he saved the world. Yeah. But what he's done is created like a huge homelessness problem <laughs> in like <laughs> New York. You know, these people have no national insurance or social security. No. Where are they going to go? I just don't know. It's 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 a real problem. I mean, maybe maybe it's something for Big Finish to explore in one of their their audio plays. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, he's created more problems than he's solved. Potentially here, yes. Yeah. Right. So the Doctor then goes to see the face of Bo. Yeah. We so get our little. We're gonna find face out what of Bo he, bookend. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna find out what his big secret is. Yeah, of course we are. Okay. He says that he's grown tired of the universe, uh-huh. and the Doctor had taught him today to see it in a new light oh so that's that, sweet isn't so it? that just that just halts his death yeah basically happiness stops him from dying yeah i mean it works for some people well the revelation is that we shall meet again for the third and last time where my secret will be revealed <laughs> da, 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 da. here's my secret <laughs> i'm gonna tell you it later <laughs> and all i've written in my book is just this is like fucking bad wolf all over again <laughs> What, this is grade A bullshit. How would you feel about if we get to episode 13, face of Bo's back, and he just whispers, do you want to know the secret? There is no secret. Or if he says, oh, it's time to learn my secret, and then he lets out like his final dying breath. <laughs> On a, uh, 100% <laughs> I'm anticipating that happening. What if it's just a recipe for a really nice curry? I could cope with that. (laughs) Even if it's the name of his childhood sled. If we go Citizen Kane, I could cope with that. But I know fine well that we're not going to solve this. We will. Eventually, surely. You wouldn't set something like this up and never come back to it. What about Bad Wolf? It was resolved by the end of the the series. Without giving the game away. It's mentioned in the next episode. So they're still drawing that out. I think that was more just an echo. I don't think we're... I think we're done with Bad Wolf at this point. We better be. We better be. I I can't do Bad Wolf and Face (laughs) of Bow at once. I I can't really see that coming up again. Right, it better not. Um, oh. And, and as, for, as for Face of Bo, like, you know... You, right now, are you <laughs> promising me Bad Wolf is done? Look, it would be, it would be very... You'd, you'd, they'd have to be, you'd have to have a lot of confidence as a writer to bring know, something like that back. We know Russell T. Davis does. <laughs> He's a complete bellend. Everything he thinks is great is the yeah. worst thing about this show. Look, you don't want me to spoil stuff for you, do you? Right. I'm not going to give you a straight answer on that. Right. But, I mean, obviously, the face of both thing, he's, he's setting that up. It's going to pay off, isn't it? Like... But is it? Is it? See how you feel at the end of this series. I don't have <laughs> it in me. I really don't. Okay, so... By, by comparison, this episode... Yeah. I watched this, and I, honestly, I, I just couldn't watch the following episode immediately. I needed a break. Yeah. By comparison, on Netflix currently, there's a documentary called Sunderland Till I Die, right? Uh-huh. Which is about the decline of Sunderland Football Club and basically about the failing industry in the northeast of England. It is the grimmest, flowering <laughs> painting of a documentary. And I watched all eight episodes in one sitting. Wow. Okay? It took me a full day. It was depressing as hell. But I got all the way through it. 
this episode ruined the whole day. I had to go for a walk afterwards <laughs> just to like look at the sky and restore some semblance of faith. Uh, dear. Because, of course... As oh, we've got as, the, the epilogue. Yeah. As soon as yeah. he says, I'll tell you my secret next time, yeah. before the Doctor can ask any questions, face of Bo just teleports. Yeah. Didn't do that when the end of the world was coming. Yeah. You know, he literally knew the space station he was going to be on would was about to explode. Turns out he's got secret teleport powers. Yeah. Well, it seems like he can maybe see into the future a bit as well. Well... You know. Maybe he just didn't have those powers 23 years ago. Maybe... I mean, 23 years ago, I was I mean, 10. to be fair, uh, you may hate it, but uh, RTD does at least hang a bit of a lampshade on it, and, you know, the Doctor has that line, that's textbook enigmatic. Yeah, I mean... It's textbook bullshit. <laughs> that's another way to put it. Right, so... So, we end with... Uh, Cassandra, this, yeah. who loves swapping bodies, now yeah. enters the body of Chip. Yeah. So, Chip says, basically, his life yeah. is in servitude of Lady Cassandra. Yeah. His final gift to her yeah. can be that she has yeah. his body. Yeah. Okay. Which will last about five minutes. Yeah, because his body <laughs> immediately starts to fail. Okay. So, yeah, but good work there. By now, Cassandra is okay with death. Uh huh. So, the doctor basically takes her back to the night we saw yeah. earlier on the projection. Yeah. And earlier on in the episode, I don't think we mentioned this. She says that was the last time anyone ever told her she looked beautiful. Uh-huh. And it turns out that yeah. has come from herself yeah. in Chip's body. Yeah. Goes back in time, interrupts yeah. her, yeah. says, excuse me, Lady Cassandra, you look beautiful. Yeah. Which I mean, it was okay. It's okay. I mean, the thing is, okay, a couple of things. One, I see what they're trying to do, but it's hard to feel sympathy for this mass-murdering, calculating manipulative, money-grubbing mm. skin-flap of a lady. Plus, if if we put a date on this, let's yeah. say that party, I'm going to say 50s to 60s. 1950s to 1960s, perhaps? Maybe slightly later. I'm assuming it's supposed to not actually be that, but maybe at a time when those kinds of fashions were in revival. Okay. Now, we haven't mentioned, but Chip is, like, horrifically scarred. He's got weird tattoos all over yeah. his body. yeah. If somebody came creeping up to you that yeah. looked like that and said, you look beautiful. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'd go home and check myself in the mirror. Yeah, it would be freaky, right? I don't think I'd yeah. take it as a compliment. And also, if they then, subsequent to that, immediately died. Yes. That would fuck you up. Yeah. Wouldn't it? That would fuck you Maybe up. Maybe, in a weird way, Lady Cassandra has caused her own downfall. She, well, exactly. She may have well, been like quite a nice person prior to this. Well, this but is the exactly trauma... this is exactly my thought because the thing is that trauma is not her making; it's the doctor's making. The doctor decides to take this <laughs> this dying man back to you know and, and it closes that loop. But in doing so, is that the trigger that sends her down because this spiraling path? We've established in the past. You can't go back in time and change things. Yeah. Which is exactly what happens here. Yeah. No sign of the time dragons, but we'll leave that for now. <laughs> yeah. But the continuation of Lady Cassandra's path yeah. all stems from the end of her path. Yeah. Almost in a loop, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. So they have caused... Yeah. Yeah. The Doctor has triggered her mind into this downfall. Yeah. And... But that could that could very easily be the thing that sets the ball rolling into her, you know, ending 100%. up being a, a, a mad old 
trampoline. Mm. I think that's the face of Bo's secret. <laughs> At the end, when he dies, he's just going to go, this is all your fault. <laughs> You're the bad guy. <laughs> so, yeah. Fucking shit episode. Honestly, like, did not sit well with me yeah. at all. In fact, I'd probably say this is the worst one. I would. Seen. Yeah, definitely. I'd, yeah. I'd watch Boomtown over this in a heartbeat. If, if I gave I you a straight up... I forgot about Boomtown. I was straight, thinking of uh, straight the up, Quiet sh- Dead. Straight up choice between New Earth and Boomtown. You have to watch one of them right now. you got Captain Jack in Boomtown. Got a bit of Mickey nonsense. I, I don't know. It's, 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 there's, I think there's more fun to be had in Boomtown. They're both terrible for different reasons. Yeah. Basically, the reason I really didn't like Boomtown is it did not match up with the World War Three Aliens yeah. of London yeah. precursor. This one is just everything about it stinks. Mm. You know, they say, "Oh, here's New New York. It's this huge city." literally like the size of a small hamlet <laughs> and then you know they're like oh it's run by nuns they're just cats never explained then it's like the whole oh here's the face of Bo's secret not revealed mm. they save the day by washing people <laughs> it's just I don't know yeah I think yeah. you're right in terms of Boomtown's probably more fun yeah but you know that's got shit like oh we need to refuel the TARDIS yeah and, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't have brought Boomtown out. Maybe I've been unfairly harsh on Unquiet Dead, but I don't think... Are you starting to see why it's in my top I think, three for I think series it's still one? towards the bottom for me. But this and Boomtown are the real stinkers. I'm amazed this wasn't cancelled after this episode. <laughs> it, it does nothing. Yeah. It, you know, when we got to the end of season one, and we sort of said, yeah, even most of the poor episodes set the stall out for this finale. Yeah. I can't imagine anything can be drawn from this episode other than this the, bullshit the secret. Thing. And that could have been stuck in any yeah. story. You know, I can't foresee an end episode <laughs> where Lady Cassandra comes back. Yeah. Where we're, I mean, the cat people have every right to be pissed off, but they're so inconsequential in their own episode. Hmm. You know, maybe that angry admin lady comes back. Or maybe... Yeah, she could be a pivotal part part of this series. You know, maybe they finally build a shop in the hospital. Oh, we God, we didn't, we didn't that, talk about... The, that fucking goes nowhere, does yeah, it? Yeah, the doctor basically just goes, this hospital doesn't have a shop. Every hospital I've been in has a shop. If I could put a shop anywhere, it would be over there. Five minutes later. Where is the shop in this hospital? Ten minutes later. Oh, did you know this hospital has no shop? <laughs> it, it, am, am I wrong? It doesn't pay off, does it? There's no... no there's no. no. <sighs> it's almost like a set up to a joke that never arrives. Yeah. He literally just says, did you know this hospital has no shop? Yeah. And then the next person he talks to, it's like it's the most interesting okay. thing he's learnt that day and he wants to share it with everyone. Exactly. Look... Stephen Moffat as a writer, right? we obviously know he has an enormous influence in this series and you know, goes on to show mm-hmm. and stuff. Not a perfect writer by any stretch. Many criticisms, which are, we'll get to in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, many, many weeks from now. But if something like that cropped up throughout a Stephen Moffat episode, you can damn well guarantee it would pay off in the end. That there would be some kind of conclusion, some reason 
for it being sprinkled all the way through the episode. It wouldn't be there just well, for the sake of let's it. Let's put it into context. Okay, so before we record, I pick you up from your house. Yes. We have maybe 10 minutes in the car. Yeah. We record at mine. If I said to you, oh, this week I'd, uh, I'd been to visit a friend in hospital. Uh-huh. And you said, oh, how was that? And I said, the hospital didn't have a shop. That is not that is not the part of the story you're looking to understand. No, it really isn't. Unless... And then if you said, oh, how was your friend? And I said, if there was a shop, I'd have probably put it over there. Like, <laughs> at which point I would have said, is this going somewhere? Like, yeah. were you massively inconvenienced by the lack of a shop? <laughs> Did you suggest to someone that when you left that they should make a shop and then they make a shop? But then... Is there would any then, kind of conclusion to, to this keep in line lack with of a this shop episode? I would have to then say, no, 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 this story doesn't go anywhere. But anyway, no shop. <laughs> and then wait five minutes more and then discuss the fact that there was no shop in the yeah. hospital. Yeah. And presumably this friend in hospital then told you that they will impart to you a secret, <laughs> yeah. but not this time because you will meet once more before they die. Like... I don't know how the doctor holds it together. Like, <laughs> Who knows? You know, maybe that's his coping mechanism. Yeah. Is he just closes his eyes and imagines where he would put shops. <laughs> Who knows? He's an enigma, that man. No. Right, okay. Um, I'm so sick of talking about this episode. And anything else <laughs> we need to discuss before... I don't... Did you watch the next time trailer? I didn't. Ah, oh, good boy. Good yeah. boy. Because it would have spoiled a lot. Yeah, so I'm trying to be good this yeah, season, yeah, and not jump ahead. Too yeah. Much. All right. Well, I think we'll leave it there then. So next week I'm we're talking. Glad to leave it there. Yeah, we're talking about Tooth and Claw, uh, without giving too much of the game away. Um, yeah, werewolves, Scotland, mm. should be enough. Hopefully. All right. So thanks very much for listening, uh, and until next time, cheerio. Bye now. Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. Feel free to get in contact with us. Our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com. Alternatively, over Twitter, we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.